This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. We are so thrilled to have Seal One join the show as a 10-ring partner. Seal One CLP Plus is an all-in-one solution that cleans, lubricates, and protects your gun. It's also natural, non-toxic, and environmentally friendly. Seal One was founded by a Navy SEAL here in San Diego, and all their products are made in the USA. Seal One is also a strong supporter of San Diego County gun owners, so we are very proud to have them on board. Clean your gun faster and better with Seal One. Get some on their website at sealone.net or at your local gun store. And if they don't have it, ask them. Why not? Yell at them. Yeah, Dwight from Seal One is awesome. He's cool. a he's very very cool company. Definitely check him out. Fantastic product. So when do we get some of that? Because I haven't tried that one yet. Yeah. All right. Well, well you we'll need to reach out to him and do a product report on it. <laughs> All right, Mister Utah. So yeah, we're back. We uh, we left you with the keys to the store, and yeah. and uh, you had your all uh, women panel. Oh, man. I heard that show. It went really well. You think? Yeah. Yeah, it was like herding cats. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah, Wendy and Desi and uh, and uh, uh, Karen uh, and, and, and Melissa. And Melissa and the whole crew. Karen was awesome. Yeah, Karen's outstanding. By the way, you don't want to make her mad. No, I know. MMA. MMA, kick your butt. I know. She's only five foot one. If that. If that. In shoes. But yeah. you know what? It was just really, it was, a, it was a totally different show than what we do. From a from a girl's perspective, and I, and I think that was extremely important, and I was glad you did it. But don't ever leave again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, how many honestly? How many political organizations out there, and how many uh, Second Amendment organizations out there are run by w- women? I I know. You know. I know. And they do a fantastic job, and they work really really hard. Very and, passionate. Uh, very passionate. Yeah. And they're all legit, legit gun folks. So yes, they are. So cover your ASP week. Tickets are on sale if you are a San Diego, Riverside, San Bernardino, or Orange County Gun Owners member. Check your email for discounted codes. So you're going to be able to train with John Korea, who's got a couple million followers on YouTube. Um, That's coming up in uh, March, but make sure you sign up before December 4th. Uh, The early bird discount goes away after December 4th, so links to register are at gunownersradio.com. That's our website, gunownersradio.com. Uh, thank you to all the li- uh, listeners that filled out our listener listener survey. Try saying that hey, easy for you once. To say. Uh, if you filled out the survey, you were entered into a raffle to win a 511 Tactical Rush 24 backpack. And the day has come. We've picked a winner. Mm. And that winner is Dave Stahl. 
Mark Spector. Mark, how you doing, buddy? He, you know, Mark has uh, been a, he's been a longtime fan of the show. He's been on on the show a couple times actually. Cool. So, Mark, you won the five eleven tactical rush twenty four backpack. And if I know Mark, like I think I know Mark, he is jumping up and down for joy right now. This yeah. very second. Mark's also a good one to uh, to go to front sight with because everybody that partners with Mark out there ends up uh, DGing there at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and DGing means. A disting- distinguished graduate. Oh. you, you got to miss less. So you're gonna happens. you're gonna partner with him. I already did. That's how I did it. <laughs> oh, very good. All right. So thank you, Five Eleven and Mission Valley for yeah. the, for the uh, raffle prize. Uh, and always be ready. Thank you so much, uh, Five Eleven. Now, how often cool. are you going to do the? I mean, how often are you going to do that? Surveys. Well, I think we're going to do you know a couple three times per year, but we're going to have giveaways and right. contests and all kinds of cool stuff throughout That's the excellent throughout the year. But uh, yeah, the survey just helps us uh, find out. Hey, what do our listeners want to hear about? What, do, what should we talk about more? Who should we have on? How how, how did the survey come out? Did you get some good information? I think we did. Rich is still compiling all the information and analyzing it. Mm. Uh, Rich is our uh, our technical, uh, uh, you know, guy guru. Guru. Yeah. So he's uh, he's he's he, he's going to compile all the information. He's not talking to us. He's still trying to keep us on air. So, folks, if you would like to see the show live on Facebook or San Diego County Gun Owners, you know, Rich has done a phenomenal job getting us all on screen. Uh, all of us, except Joe, has got a San Diego County gun owner shirt on. Yeah. Oh, no, I do. No, I do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you do. What oh. does this look like? Well, we both do. It looks, it's yeah. a, it's Once a again, I didn't get the memo, but that's okay. <laughs> you didn't get the out, shirt. Out of the loop again. Did you get the shirt? I got a million of those shirts. Oh, I only got one. <laughs> and I haven't watched this one yet because I like it so much. So we have a really, really cool show coming up. Uh, our next guest in the next segment uh, Ken Stretz from Stretz Cap uh, Tactical is going to talk. He's uh, an, an, all kinds of expertise on guns and training and and uh, all kinds of cool stuff. And we're going to interview him and hear all about uh, what he does. And we're going to talk about the Rena versus Becerra case, ah. which is a uh, uh, case that we're we're plaintiffs. San Diego County Gun Owners is a plaintiff, mm-hmm. and it has to do with the safe handgun roster we're going to try to get rid of that here in california so by the way it's funny so i was at a press event last week up in uh west hollywood and a good friend of mine who's an avid shooter and a listener to the show by the way hi mike and he comes out you know and we're riding around in our press car and he goes what's with all the plywood (laughs) so i had to explain that and then he says hey i'm thinking about buying some ammo you know or you know no well how about this gun no well how about this gun no what do you mean no i go what part of no don't you understand don't you know about our roster he says you have a roster what's a roster so after i explained it to him and sent him a, i sent him san diego county gun owner website and some stories that you had shared he sent a text back to me he says i'll never move to california it's ridiculous well we're trying to make it better i know that's what i told him i said you think it was bad now you should have seen it before and we're also, if you want to help, uh, we're also going to hear from David Chong. If you want to help, Chong, David Chong's going to talk about a couple of the guns that he no- donated to our live auction. If you haven't heard, we have an auction going on right now. Right. We couldn't have our Second Amendment celebration dinner, so we took all the cool stuff that we were going to uh, uh, have at the, at the dinner for, for different prizes, raffles, and, and, and auctions, that sort of thing. 
and we now have an online auction going on right now. Uh, the last bid will be Friday at 8 p.m. Oh, so can I bid? You can bid. Really? You, yep. You just go to San Diego County Gun Owners dot com slash auction or sdcgo.org slash auction okay and uh, you can sign up and bid we have all kinds of cool we have ammo we have guns we have trips clothing uh i don't remember if we have there's some there's some some clothing there's some sdc jewelry there's some jewelry in there from hamill's jewelry really um so if you haven't uh you know, you haven't done your Christmas shopping. This for, is a good time to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And support a great cause. And support a great cause. That's Absolutely. exactly right. So David Chong's going to talk about the very cool firearms that he donated. No, don't do um, that. Wait till after I bid. <laughs> <laughs> it's go, it's going crazy. It's uh, it's but there's still some. I mean, there's some deals to be had. First off, the 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 firearms are very cool. If you haven't seen it, I mean, there's some tactical shotguns, ARs. Um, there's uh, uh, an AR pistol. Um, there's some very, very cool firearms there. There's a thousand rounds of nine millimeter. Wow. Um, there's some really cool uh, deals to be had. And like you said, it, it uh, supports such a great cause. Supports the cause. So, yeah. What are we up to? Over 4,000 CCWs? Yep. Yeah. From, right. yeah. Thanks to San Diego County Gun Owners. Thanks to San Diego County Gun Owners from, uh, from about a thousand. So, yeah. Yeah, and we, I mean, we do, you know, it's just amazing. When I, when I sit back and see, you know, we've been around, this is our five-year birthday. Isn't that crazy? This month. And when I look back and, you know, the plan was so simple. Hey, we're, we're going to do as much as we can to try to get people elected on city councils. That that was the plan. Right. And now we're, you know, we're in lawsuits and we're yeah. teaching people how to shoot and we're, you know, CCW You have two listeners right now, two young ladies that were just on Racer Radio. That and one of the ladies very quietly, she's like, "Just bought a gun." <laughs> and Brittany says, "Nah, don't be whispering. You wait till you wait till you listen to the gun owners uh, radio show. You're gonna love it." There you so go. So we have two new listeners, and I told her, "Make sure you join San Diego County Gun Owners. It's only ten dollars a month." She goes, "Only ten dollars a month?" I said, "Yeah, you can go to shooting socials, and you'll meet like-minded people." So she's all excited. So good, awesome. Beth. Make sure you join San Diego County Gun Owners. All right, let's take a quick break because we have got a fun packed show right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, what's the best defense for self-defense and those horrible new red flag laws? Firearms Legal Protection. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline. Let them provide the lawyer for you. Call Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at firearmslegal.com or just call 469-310-9100. All right, Mike, who you got for our guest today? Ken Stretz from Stretz Tactical. Ken, are you there? Yeah, I am, guys. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Now, I said your last name right, correct? 
Struts? Yep, you did. Excellent. Yep. Usually people, at least the people I work with, say, uh, call me stress because I stress them out apparently. So <laughs> you stress, it was perfect. So. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take that personal. I wouldn't take it personal. <laughs> so I, I, normally I read the uh, the intro and just kind of say, hey, here, here's their bio, and then I bring them on the line. But your bio is about 17 pages long. There, I don't think that you have done everything there is to do. Um, but uh, let's just kind of touch on a few points, and then we'll start talking about uh, about the services you provide and your website and everything. Um, so you were a police officer for over 22 years, and you uh, started with the NYPD, the New York Police Department. Um, but yep. it looks like you worked for a bunch of different agencies at the state and county and local level. Yep. Foot patrol, marine patrol, bicycle patrol, highway patrol, beach and park patrol, prostitution enforcement. I didn't know they enforced prostitution. I thought that was illegal. Oh, no, it's probably the other way around. <laughs> Undercover and uh, apprehension teams. Looks like you were involved in SWAT. Um, you've yeah. done all kinds of instructing. You've been involved in all kinds of uh, 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 you know, firearms training and competitive IDPA, IPSC, 3-Gun, uh, Colt Cup. Uh, you're a member of every law enforcement and gun uh, association. I mean, <laughs> there's your wall must be covered in you know framed certificates and awards and and all kinds of stuff. It looks like so you also when I was younger. It also you said you spent nine years in the Army Reserve, um, yep. listing in the delayed entry program. Well, a senior in high school. That's very interesting. You served. About one and a half years of the communication support, MOS 74C1P and 1st Battalion 11 Special Forces Group in New York. Um, and the unit was disbanded, transitioned to military police, serving both the 442nd Military Police Company and the 812th military. It's, it's outstanding. Okay, it's did time you ever to take sleep? a break. I know. <laughs> did you ever, did you, have, in the last 30 years, have you been able to catch any sleep at all? Uh, five minutes here or there. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do? So you have this extensive background, this huge resume, all this experience. Now, what do you tell the folks what you're doing with that today? What types of services and, and sort of things that you do now? Yeah, sure. So I, I've taken all those experiences and training. And I was involved in a shooting and I've been a few feet away from other officers involved in shootings, responded to shootings been involved in situations where people armed with guns and knives that were resolved, thankfully, without any shots being fired. So I've taken all of that training and having attended 80-plus shooting schools myself as a student, and I forged Stress Tactical, where I provide mobile firearms training. I do classes from California to Connecticut, um, and I provide training like handgun, shotgun, force-on-force, full light. Uh, and I've had just about everybody in my classes, civilian, military, nuclear security, law enforcement, uh, I've been blessed to do some work in the entertainment industry, so I've trained actors, um, stunt performers. I've done some technical advising, uh, a little bit of onset armor work, uh, and even got to uh, appear in one uh, production as well. So, wow, who what, pretty much? What famous yeah. people? Let's get right to that. Which which famous people uh, are trained? Nobody really famous. You, you might know uh, Jenna Kelly. She used to be the uh, she was like an Under Armour model, so she did a bunch of Bruce Willis movies. So I did some training for her. Uh, and then I'm just trying to think who I'm allowed to say as well. I know there's like family members of more famous people, but uh, yeah. So what, I'm what just was trying to think about what I could say? Now you're obviously you know in the firearms industry, extremely uh, pro Second Amendment. What's it like working in the movie industry? Um, you know, did you kind of just you know keep it professional and keep that under wraps, or what, or did it even yeah, come up? It's, 
it's difficult, right? So the way I kind of got into it was uh, I was dating uh, a girl who, who was an actor, and I got her in the gun. So it was kind of, you know, she wasn't liberal at all, um, but, you know, she wasn't really that into guns. And the more she got into guns and training, and I kind of dangled the carrot because it was my passion, but like, here, this will help your acting career. So she would post a lot of stuff, you know, on Facebook and stuff like that. And some of her friends were like, hey, we need someone to train this person or, you know, we need someone to technical advise over there. So I got kind of introduced and guided a little bit along the way. And uh, I made some friends uh, like the guys at ISS Weapons, uh, Larry and Carl out there in L.A. And you get little pointers and like things not to say and whatever. But the hard part is writing like I have a lot of not a lot. I have a bunch of movie industry friends on Facebook. And you can imagine the things that they're mm. posting right now. And it's like. I do some work in entertainment, so if if I just ran my mouth and yeah. <laughs> kind of pushed back at their posts, it wouldn't hurt me too much. But you know, it, it's still it, that does bring in some income to the business. So I try not to, I, I try not to get involved in the, the posts of people in the entertainment industry. Just you know. Well, listen, Ken, they're they're the uh, they're the experts, and they're morally superior. So you know, <laughs> it's it's good that you have them there to to teach you. I guess right. <laughs> well, the thing that gets me um, is, you know, when, when you deal with the movie industry folks, and a good example is Liam Neeson, um, and, and I did some work on a production not that long ago uh, with his son, and his son was, was very nice, um, but, you know, Liam Neeson obviously makes his money, you know, shooting people, right. you know, we'll say, uh, on the big screen, and he does own guns. Um, you know, the girl I used to date that was an actress, she had her, her pistol permit in New York City, and we went down to, to do the paperwork and, and met with the investigators. They had Liam Neeson down there, and they, they said, man, he couldn't be more rude mm. than, you know, any other person we've had in here. And uh, New York City permits aren't good outside. I think they've changed it. Maybe they're good outside the city now, but he had, uh, he lives up in Dutchess County full time. So he had a Dutchess County pistol permit as well, full carry permit up there. So he is a little bit of a gun guy, but I'm sure we've all seen the video of him coming out and saying the second amendment should be repealed. So that's the stuff that really irks me. You got guys making money, you know, pretending to shoot people. And then on, you know, on the down low, they own guns and, and, you know, it's okay for them to protect themselves, but they think everybody else's second amendment rights should be taken away. And, and that's, that's the part that really gets me about the entertainment industry. Joe here in the studio is clutching his pearls in shock. He can't believe what you're saying about <laughs> actors. I guess his particular set of skills is uh, hypocrisy and being a jerk. Huh? That's, that's fantastic. So, all right. So you're a, uh, you've been involved in a, uh, uh, in a shooting when you were an officer, you, you were a witness as well to one. Um, and, and it seems to have had a huge impact on, on training. And I, I really like the fact that, uh, I was looking through your website and some of your material, watching some of your videos. You talk a lot about, um, you know, deescalating situations, you know, and, and, uh, how, how has, uh, your experience, uh, you know, as, as, as a law enforcement officer, what has that changed about uh, the way you teach or the curriculum that you teach? What makes you different from other uh, instructors? Well, I, I think for me, the biggest focus um, I put on in training is, is marksmanship and accuracy. Because I, I think, you know, part of it is being a cop, but, you know, uh, you know if I leave the state of New York and, I, and I'm off duty and, and I get involved in something, I'm a citizen and nobody's, you know, uh, going to pay my legal bills for me. So I'm just as accountable off duty as I am on duty. And if you miss, 
um, you're accountable for that. So, you know, part of it being a cop and part of it being just, you know, a person who carries off duty, uh, marksmanship accuracy is the thing that I see a lot of trainers. And again, I've been through over 80 shooting schools. A lot of trainers don't put enough emphasis on at least not showing people how to become accurate. So every class I do, whether it's handgun, shotgun, carbine, doesn't matter. We focus a lot on marksmanship and how to become a more accurate shooter. Um, you know, like morning of day one, if it's, if it's a two day class or, you know, in the morning of a, of a one day class. So that's, I think what sets me apart is, is focusing on, on marksmanship and accuracy because it's the first thing to fall apart, you know, even on the range, let alone in a gunfight. You know, you start adding in on the range, reloads, malfunctions, shooting on the moon, the shoot house, force on force, uh, low light, any of these other things, and, and people stop forgetting or start to forget about marksmanship and applying the fundamentals. So I try to really push people to, to be an accurate shooter first and then do everything else second. And how do, you, how do you do that? How do you push someone to be accurate? I think we all want to and we all try to. Is there something uh, people are commonly doing wrong? Or, uh, you know, how, how do you practice accuracy, uh, you know, uh, under stress? and? Well, you've got to start without the stress first, right? So, and, and I don't think it's that anyone's doing anything wrong. I just don't think enough people are doing it right. So what does that mean? Hmm. So... I'll take you back in time a little bit. Um, you know, I grew up as a gun guy, you know, I, shooting since I'm like 10 years old and had my first air 15 at 16 and a pistol permit at 18, right? Just gun guy my whole life. But along and then being in the military and a cop, but along with that comes like an ego, like, oh, I'm a gun guy. You know, I, I can shoot, right? right? And I'd go to the, you know, Army qualifications and it's like, all right, you did good. Or you go to the police department qualifications and I, and I shoot expert. But in the back of my mind, it's like, how are tier one special operations guy shooting, right? How are, you know, back then I didn't know who Rob Latham was, but how does Rob Latham shoot? How do these competitive shooter guys shoot? And I took a class with Larry Vickers, who's a friend of mine, and, and I was a longtime student. I was a Vickers shooting method instructor at the tail end of Larry having that program. And I watched Larry down in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where at 25 yards, two hands, strong hand only, support hand only, and we go down to check the targets. He jokes, man, I threw a shot and I look. He had one in the nine ring. The rest of them from 25 yards were in the X and 10 ring. And I'm like, there's the answer to the question I've been asking all along. That's now I understand what an accurate pistol shooter is. Now, how do I get there? And I got a lot of those drills from Larry Vickers, things like uh, trigger control, right? And there's a big argument lately. It seems like which is more important grip or uh, trigger control. And I honestly think it's trigger control because that's what made me an accurate shooter. So first drill Larry usually does in his pistol classes but he'll take an, an empty pistol uh, case and he'll put that on your front sight mm. and you have to pull the trigger without that empty shell falling off. And, you know, you work with people and if you got like fiber optic sights and stuff, sometimes you got to put like a dime or something on there because it won't hold a, uh, an empty shell. But you get people to the point where they can pull the trigger without the shell casing falling off. And it, it sounds kind of stupid, but it really works because it reinforces to the student what it feels like to pull the trigger straight to the rear. Yeah. Hey, Ken. Look at someone. Yep. Again, we're going to have to take a quick break, so we, we don't want you to go anywhere, so hang tight because yeah. you're, what you're saying is extremely important to us. So stay tuned. We are going to be right back. This is Gun Owners Radio on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, 
folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, you know, the California assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Buy a Cali key for your rifle. Cali key converts any mil spec direct impingement AR pattern rifle into a straight pull bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution. No milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. We're talking with Ken Stretz from Stretz Tactical, and and our, my buddy here, Joe, in the studio has a has a question for you, Ken. Oh, hey, sure Ken. Yeah, this is Joe. Um, I just wanted to ask you, you know, you do a lot of training, a lot of different kinds of people, a lot of applications and things. And um, we've just recently got our concealed carry rights back here the last couple of years uh, in the San Diego mm-hmm. County area. And we've got lots of new concealed carriers now. So what I wanted to ask, when you do a class um, like that, you know, aside from obviously the accuracy and all that kind of stuff, what, what kind of stuff would you teach a, a class that's targeted at people that are carrying concealed, um, things like that? Yeah, sure. Actually, I just did one uh, at an academy in San Diego uh, last month. Uh, so I, I call it covert carry versus concealed carry just to kind of reinforce the idea that it's got to be really concealed because sometimes people's idea of concealment, you know, people are printing or you see the butt of the gun or the bottom of the holster, right? So in the covert carry class, we covered, again, start with marksmanship. From there, go to presentations, and then we get into the drawer, kind of re, uh, reverse engineer everything, if you will, right? So start with the gun out on target, get you, at, you know, working on your accuracy, then presentations, why? Presentations, half of the draw, you're halfway there. Then get you into the draw, no time, just kind of smoothing you out. Then start adding in some time so you, you get kind of an idea of where you're at with your time. And I try to demo everything I do so kind of give you an idea of like, hey, where should your first shot uh, draw time be at? What about like a build drill, multiple shots? Because we all know, you know, probably one shot from a pistol is not going to end the fight necessarily. So what should you look for kind of like a multiple multiple shot uh, time frame from the draw? Uh, then strong and support and only draws, right? How You know, what if you got shot or stabbed or your your dominant arm is, is tied up? How do you now draw your, your firearm from concealment with your support arm? How do you reload that gun? Strong hand only or support and only clear out malfunctions. Uh, shooting on the move, uh, just tons and tons of stuff, low light stuff. We get into quite a, quite a bit of stuff. Excellent. And that's a two-day course you did? So that one I did was one day, and then we followed it up with a uh, one-day low light class the next day. And then I'm actually going to be back out in San Diego uh, October 2021, and I'm going to do a force one-day force-on-force uh, concealed carry class. So uh, if the listeners are familiar with simunitions or UTM, or if they're not, it's basically guns modified to the real guns modified to fire a uh, like a colored detergent, so like a man marker round or paintball, if you will, and we put you in scenarios against other living, breathing, thinking opponents and and things like you know maybe it's a carjacking or maybe you walk into a uh, a bodega and, and it gets robbed or maybe it's a home invasion situation, and see how your flat range skills translate to a situation where you got another person shooting back at you. And oh, by the way, when you get hit with those simunition or UTM rounds that are, you know, basically nine millimeter in diameter and traveling at 400 feet per second, you, you get, you know, welts on your skin and you got to wear protective gear. So it's the closest thing to, 
you know, a real life gunfight without putting you in a gunfight and, and really kind of test your skills, you know, w- without actually putting you in a gunfight. So I'm doing a one day uh, force on force concealed carry. And then the next day I'm doing a one day uh, shotgun class. And they're both going to be out at Academy. Is that right? Yep. Yep. That's correct. Uh, I think the middle or end of October, 2021. Well, it's good. I'm going to have to watch for those then because I, I just did a bunch of that stuff out at Gunsight in Arizona. So uh, yeah, nice. I look forward to that. So how do they awesome. find that? Ken, is you go to your website or they go to Academy's website or how do how do they uh, – so people don't miss yeah, it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. So it's on my website. It's uh, stretztactical.com. That's S-T-R-E-T-Z, tactical, all one word, dot com. And then they can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And usually for the classes, I do Facebook events so they can – Go to Facebook, look up the event, and you know, click interested or going, and that way they'll get updates and reminders that hey, the class is coming up. And uh, usually, the, the force on force, especially, I, I already got a few people signed up for that, and it'll probably sell out. People love doing force on force classes; it's it's a great way to learn, and it's a lot of fun. And I'll give you an example: I got a class in March in Connecticut, force on force that's already sold out. So wow, um, yeah, it, it, force on force is great. So that's that's what I would tell the the listeners is. is get on Facebook and, and, you know, look at the events and, and click interested or going or whatever. So you used to be with the New York police department, which is yep. such an, an enormous department. I mean, it's, you know, it's on par. There's some countries that don't have a military that are the size of the <laughs> NYPD. It's, it's, it's amazing. True. It's extremely complicated. You're in it, the intelligence uh, department of the NYPD is, is, you know, uh, is, is a, outstanding i mean it, some of the you know best people in new york are, are uh, uh serving in the nypd it's really really uh, legendary um and they're looking to defund it um and i think they actually have uh, pulled some of the budget back and uh what are some of the consequences of that sort of proposal and and, and that sort of uh you know discussion so it, there's a few things right so you're gonna have less cops on the street like i think they canceled one or two academies, um, which, so I, I got on in 97 and, and my NYPD Academy was 1500 people. Um, so think about that. And, and right now they have mass retirements. They have capped, uh, last I heard it was like 40 guys a day could retire. So NYPD has its own, uh, you know, retirement section where you got to go down that day and you do the paperwork and they give you your retired ID card. And if you need to go downstairs and get a pistol permit, they do all of that. It's like a full day process they had so many people coming in that they had to cap it. So you got guys bleeding out and then they don't have two police academies. I think there might be an academy now going on, but last I heard that they, uh, they didn't put in two academies. So how, how far behind are they in manpower? And then there was something I, I heard the other day that they're taking some of the NYPD money and they're putting uh, it into like social workers and psychologists responding to people with, uh, you know, emotionally disturbed issues what happens when that emotionally disturbed person turns around and stabs somebody you know or they have a, a hammer and they, they bash somebody's skull in and there's nobody there with a firearm to, to stop it it's the dumbest thing in the world i mean police officers are trained to we call them edps emotionally disturbed persons we are trained to respond to that there's blocks of training in the academy sometimes you get refresher in-service training depending on your agency and sometimes state requirements and, and whatnot so the training is already there, um, and I think they're just—I think they're pandering to, to their base, to the Democratic base um, that, that think the cops are the problem. 
So honestly, is there a problem, though? I mean, is there a, you know, you know, I know media does a fantastic job of deciding a narrative and then pushing it so that people are convinced there's a problem, uh, you know, whether there is or isn't. And I'm not just talking about, you know, police officers or whatever. I mean, mean across the board. That's how they make their money. That's how they get their clicks. Is there a problem in in modern America with, uh, you know, with with police departments? Is, Is there an issue? Is there a problem? I don't think so. You know, are there problem individuals? Yeah, there's bad cops, like there's bad special forces. There's bad, uh, I, I'm sure you're not going to believe this, but there's bad politicians. There's actually corrupt politicians. I, I know you don't believe that, but um, wow. there's bad, in, you, know, unfor- you know, priests, right? And I'm a person of faith, so I'm not, you know, knocking religion or anything, but, you know, we've seen it with, with rabbis and, and, and priests and stuff like that. There's bad in every, you know, every walk of life, but does that mean every priest, every, you know, whatever is, is bad? Of course it doesn't. Um, it, it's just a perception. And I think, again, the left, the, or the leftist politicians, whatever you want to call it, are pandering to their base. And this is what they want to do. Their answer is to defund the police. And look how well it, it worked in, in Portland. What was it, the autonomous zone? Yeah. I mean, the cops were like pushed back out. They're trying to go in there for a report of someone shot or, or maybe the person's killed. I, I forget. But. Um, and, and they got pushed back out. Is that really the answer? Is that the America you want to live in because of, you know, one or two cops? You, know, you mentioned the numbers with NYPD. So when I got hired, there was 43,000 guys, and I think they're down to 28 or 29,000 guys now. So think about the numbers. Let's, let's say 1% of NYPD is all corrupt and bad and, and evil. What's the math on that? Uh, at a, you know, 23,000 or 29,000 guys. Is that, you know, like 3,000 cops that are bad? Um, something like that. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that well let me bad, let me ask it a different way. Is what could is there? There's there's you say okay. There's not a, a problem. Is there something police officers in America could be doing better? Is there something missing? You know, is there some piece of the puzzle that that maybe they need to be emphasizing that they're not? Or is there any advice for for law enforcement? Honestly, after doing this for 23 years and a multitude of different agencies, including, like you said, the biggest one in the world, no, I don't. I really don't think, you know, that if you know that there's a bad cop and and seen different things, you know, different cops have seen stuff over the years. You know, you're you're going to see your bad apples, and eventually they get, you know, they get removed one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you want to bring those people to the attention of the agency. Yeah, get rid of them. But you know, there's just I'm just trying to think of the right word, right, right way to, to word it. But um, why aren't we focusing on telling people not to be criminals? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I mean, yeah, should you not put someone in, in a chokehold or something? And then depending on your agency's, you know, SOPs, maybe it's that's allowed. Maybe it's not. Um, in, in 2021, um, you know, chokehold's probably not a good idea. And, uh, you know, putting people on their on their stomach once they're they're handcuffed is not a good idea something called positional asphyxia um where you know you got your hands behind your back and then the weight of your body especially if you have uh, medical conditions that are complicated yeah, you probably shouldn't do stuff like that and that's uh that was the first incident we saw in 2020 that kind of kicked things off where was that um in minnesota you're Milwaukee. talking about? yeah it was in minnesota the thing with the, the thing on the neck right so yeah, the yeah, right. Forget about thing yeah. yeah. So forget about the, uh, and it's sad. It's, it's hard to scare. Remember all the things that have happened in 2020, but right. you know, forget about the neck for a second, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, attacking that guy or defending him or anything. But one of the things I would say is 
why did he, you know, have the guy on his stomach in 2020? You know, we know, you know, for just years of, of police work, you don't put people on their on their stomach because of positional asphyxia. But, right. you know, whatever, people make mistakes and sometimes it costs people their lives. And not, not that that's, you know, I'm not giving him a pass or anything like that because obviously I'm calling him out for, for putting people on, you know, putting that guy on his, on his stomach. But, but, but you know, Kim, let me just jump in there. You know, it was it, okay. Yeah, there's a few. But my dad was a police officer for 38 years back in the day, so I get it. I understand it. But it's a tough job. You know, you're not dealing with with the cream of the crop. You're dealing with some very bad bad folks. And now to turn turn around and demonize a police officer, that makes his job well, ten times worse. So we're making it worse. We're not making it better. Yeah, and, and how come instead of, you know, uh, tearing people up for, for, you know, Blue Line, like where I work, there was just a big incident in one of the schools, and there was a, a student who had a uh, Blue Line uh, shirt or something on, and his the student's grandfather, I think it was, was, was a New York City police officer killed in the line of duty, and the school made a big to do about it and, and you know the agency got involved the police union got involved and there was this whole big thing and, and the comments on facebook yeah. were like you know you got to understand that the blue line is now it's a symbol of like white supremacy and all I know, yeah. how do we get how about we we back this whole thing up and instead of pushing you know cops need reform there's this whole police reform thing in new york and the horrendous bail reform and, and we could probably do a whole show on that yeah. um why don't we make, you know, criminal awareness? Like, hey, if you think you're being wrongfully arrested, just submit like the law requires you to do. Don't resist. And then you're way less likely to get killed or seriously injured by a police officer by just obeying the law like you're supposed to. You know, why, why aren't we focusing on that instead of focusing on the one or two bad cops? Or, you know, listen, I was involved in a shooting and that was twisted. You know, cop kills father of five. That's what they said on the, on the media. Um, another reporter uh, turned around and, you know, said, oh, the, the officers worked at multiple police agencies, so that he must be a problem. And that same reporter ended up working at six or seven or eight different news agencies. And then after uh, my incident, she moved on to, you know, CBS News. So it's like, you, you know, however you want to spin something. So in that yeah. case, you're a reporter. You can have as many jobs as you want. But if a cop wants to move for better pay or better benefits or, or whatever, then the cop's the problem. And, oh. and I think that's the thing, the focus. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Buddy, this has been a great interview. I thank you very much. We thank you very much. Keep, well, up, the good, keep up the good work. Stay in touch, and we'll definitely have you back on. What's your website one more yeah. time, Ken? Sure, it's stretztactical.com, S-T-R-E-T-Z, tactical.com. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. We sure enjoyed talking Thanks, to you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Just as I thought it was going all right, I found out I'm wrong, and I thought it was right. It's always the same. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 961. AM 1170, The Answer. Hey, did you know Firearm Policy Coalition is one of the key plaintiffs in Miller versus Becerra? The assault weapons lawsuit, well, Firearms Legal Coalition works on the state and federal level and have filed 
some of the most important Second Amendment lawsuits to date. Together, we are working on all levels to restore your gun owner rights. So we need you to join Firearms Policy Coalition now. You can become a member today by visiting their website, firearmspolicy.com. So you got some update on the... Dot org. Firearmspolicy.org. Oh, I'm sorry, firearmspolicy.org. Yep, they're awesome. Firearmspolicy.org yeah, they really is are. crucial. Um, they are on a uh, on a mission, um, and they've they've been extremely supportive of San Diego County gun owners. Um, of course, Miller versus Becerra, we've talked about that. Miller versus Becerra is... Hopefully, going to get rid of the assault weapons ban. Hopefully. Hopefully. That's the idea. And uh, that full trial is going on uh, January 21st. So, uh, we'll we'll let you know exactly what goes on there. But last week, they filed yet another lawsuit. Um, and this is, uh, people may be familiar, it's the Rena versus Becerra. Rena, R-E-N-N-A versus Becerra. And I'm just going to read a little bit. Federal Second Amendment and 14th Amendment lawsuit challenging California's recently expanded roster handgun ban which requires the removal of three firearms for everyone added as well as the ban on self-manufacturing handguns uh, not on the DOJ's roster so everybody knows you have to be on the roster to uh, to be able to sell a firearm in in California and they just expanded that they just changed that law a little bit um, to uh, they changed the requirement for the firing pin the serial serialized firing pin um, but it's still impossible to comply with. And if you added a firearm to the list, you have to take three off. And there's no real explanation as to how they determine which three. So really, in a way, you know, it was already kind of a, it was a de facto pistol ban. Not kind of. It was a de facto pistol t- pistol ban. And then they passed this law, which was a wolf in, in sheep's clothing, saying, hey, we're, we're going to change this firing pin requirement um, so to make it easier to comply with, but th- really what it's going to do is it's going to accelerate mm-hmm. uh, this ban. You know, if you go into a, a, a gun shop in 49 other states, you know, you, you have a, a huge selection of, of firearms where if you, you know, pistols specifically in California, you, you just don't have that. So they filed suit and I, I just want to, um, they have the plaintiffs here listed, uh, Lana Rana. Daniel James and Lana is actually she's my neighbor um, and Lana actually uh, is uh, uh, the reason that she needs a gun a pistol that is not on the roster is that she actually has a, a physical um, uh, she has a problem with her wrist and and it's very hard for her to rack probably carpal tunnel I, I'm not <laughs> sure what it is I think she had an injury but um, it's hard for her to rack a a pistol my wife can't so she's been, yeah, it's it's very difficult for a lot of people. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Even even if you don't have an injury, a lot of people, you know, especially women, don't have that physical strength mm-hmm. to rack some of those. Nope. Some of, and some guns are harder to rack than other guns. So they, she was actually out of state with her husband and said, hey, this Smith & Wesson EZ that we talked about a, a few weeks ago, which is specifically designed for one, concealment, it's small, uh, but two, it's designed to be uh, uh, more easily uh, racked so you can uh, you know, use it without a whole, whole lot of you know, wrist strength. She said, this is perfect. This fits me perfectly. Comes back to California. No can do. No can do. It's not on the, uh, it's not on the roster. Well, my so. buddy from Texas says, well, just get your wife one of these EZs. I go, <laughs> you can't do it. Yeah, and these are guns that are commonly available to Americans all over the country, really. Because I don't, I don't think anyone else has a roster type thing, do they? Other no, states, we're it. 
I think we're it. I thought New York tried that and it didn't work out or well, something. Little, maybe Massachusetts. It wasn't anyway. There have been uh, variation. Nothing like Compared what we have. That. Yeah, nothing like this roster. I mean, this roster is truly a pistol ban. It's a slow-moving pistol ban. Mm. So some of the other uh, folks on there, uh, Danielle James, those of you who shop at Poway Weapons and Gear may know her. She runs Poway Weapons and Gear. Hannah Spousto, who's a friend of mine. Laura Schwartz. I know her. What? That's my beautiful wife. She's a car girl. Yeah. Michael Schwartz. I know him. He's right here. You're truly as hell. Uh, Richard Bailey out in Coronado. We've had him on the show a few times. Uh, Matt Clear. A lot of you have trained that he's with uh, Active Shooter Defense School. Uh, Justin Smith, who I believe works at Discount Gun Mart. I hope I didn't get that wrong. Uh, John Phillips, uh, Poway Weapons and Gear, uh, Poway Weapons and Gear, Cheryl Prince, Darren Prince, North County Shooting Center, Ryan Peterson, Gunfighter Tactical, San Diego County Gun Owners, of course. Of course. Um, Second Amendment Foundation. Um, those are the plaintiffs. Now, the reason I wanted to read all that off. You can put my wife on there if you like. Okay. I'm all serious because right. she's really upset that she can't get a pistol that she can shoot. Okay. All right. And uh, but the reason I wanted to read that off is, you know, we get asked a lot like, well, hey, how are all these, you know, there are all these different organizations and you know, how is everybody working together? Well, this lawsuit is a perfect example mm-hmm. uh, and it's a perfect example of how, uh, you know, different organizations, uh, companies, individuals are all coming together for a common cause. We're all working together to to get this lawsuit uh, done and filed and funded. And, you know, uh, lawsuits are very expensive. They take a lot of time. They take a lot of effort. Um, but we're all coming together to do that. But it's also an example of something else. You know, the, our Second Amendment rights truly uh, in, in, in the nation, you know, th- there, it's, there's no fight in, in, in a lot of other states, you know, um, depending on the state. Um, you, you know, we're not winning the Second Amendment fight in Alabama, you know, where 20% of the population has a CCW and uh, you know, that's not where the fight is. The fight for the Second Amendment to restore and protect the Second Amendment is coming right through Southern California. You know, all these lawsuits, everything that we're doing, all the cooperation that's happening, the community that we formed in, in San Diego, the fight for the Second Amendment is going right through San Diego. And that's not that's not a coincidence. You know, and it's, if it doesn't work, the rest of the states are watching California to see what happens. Well, it better work, <laughs> you know. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, because we'll, I'm just saying it's no different than smog laws. You know, we had 49 state cars and a 50 state car, and that was California. Unfortunately, we lost that war. Turns out, you know, we have cleaner air for it, so I don't have a real issue with that. Yeah. But the gun thing is the same exact thing. Yep. If they can pass these ridiculous gun laws, they're going to push it through the next 49 states. Absolutely. And, you know, people are, are fl- you know, we've talked about this many times, how 20 years ago everybody was running to Washington and Oregon to to get to their freedom. And Washington and Oregon, is they're totally anti-gun at this point. Right. And then they were going to Nevada and, you know, and everybody's going to Arizona. Well, what just happened in Arizona? Arizona just voted for Biden, number one. And number two, they voted for uh, their, their new state senator, uh, who replaced a, a veteran? She was very pro Second Amendment. Their new state senator is Mark Kelly, who who is the head of an anti gun organization. Mm-hmm. So the state of California, and everybody's been walking around Southern California talking about how they're going to escape to Arizona, yeah, you know, the not. last stronghold of gun rights. Okay, well they just voted for Biden and Mark Kelly. Yeah. So running 
you know, it didn't work. Didn't work. Stay it's not going to work. Stay and fight. Stay and fight. But this is I wanted to show people that we're in the fight. We're doing this. Yeah. You know, this is happening. So it's going to be a lot of good news. Uh, people want to know when it's going to when you know when is all this going to happen. It takes a lot of time. Um, but go to Firearms Policy Coalition. If you just go to uh, firearmspolicy.org slash RENA, R-E-N-N-A. So firearmspolicy.org slash RENA. Uh, you can read all about this case. Join San Diego County Gun Owners and help us. Join Firearms Policy Coalition and help us. Um, but the fight is on. So get off the sidelines. Stop renting your U-Hauls and, and, and fleeing. You know, it's here, it's now. So stand up and, and uh, you know, be yeah. with us. And remember, if you leave California, they're going to charge you for three years of taxes. So you might want to think twice before you pack up and leave. Jeez. You heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're backing off. I thought it was 10 years. Three years? No, you're right. I think there is. I think it's up to 10. <laughs> That's right. All right. It's crazy. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You folks are all listening to Gun Owners Radio. Tell your friends. FM 96.1. AM Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Well, folks, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Get a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. All right, Joe, what's next for the gun owners? All right, so um, hopefully the hopefully the last uh, political type uh, article for a while. I hope, <laughs> or at least election related. Anyway, um, what's coming for gun owners is what we wrote about this uh, this week, and um, you know, talking about the election uh, if it goes uh, in the direction that it kind of looks like if, if uh, Joe Biden is president in January, what's that mean? You know, what can we look for as, uh, as gun owners? And um, a couple of things there, uh, some good things, some bad things, um, you know, a number of uh, things like the, uh, the gun shortage, ammo shortage, primer shortage, all that stuff that's going on, I think is likely to continue a lot longer. I think um, I was hopeful that if president Trump would have won uh, and been reelected, the um, I was thinking that that stuff would maybe wrap up by the end of the year because um, a lot of it's driven by the you know anxiety because of the the riots we've seen because of the uh, the 
the support for terrorist groups like Black Lives Matters and Antifa, and um, the anti-law um, enforcement stance that the uh, the Democrats and people have taken, and just all the stuff that's been going on, um, you know, for the last couple of months, and that's been driving a lot of that that fear and anxiety, and that's been driving a lot of the uh, the gun sales. On top of that, uh, the stuff that's been going on with the COVID nineteen. Um, has also impacted the manufacturers and of you know of, of ammunition, of guns, of primers, of all that other stuff, and um, it it seems like if I listen to Joe Biden and what he says he wants to do or his plans, it looks like a lot of that stuff is going to continue. It looks like he's talking about uh, you know possible lockdowns nationwide, which he really doesn't have the authority to do, but. You know, Governor Newsom does lots of stuff he doesn't have the authority to do. So, uh, so who knows with that? But I, I think all that kind of stuff is going to um, just keep this stuff going for a while, or at least longer than maybe it should have gone. So, I think that's one of the things um, we could look forward to. Um, the other thing is the return of um, Robert Francis O'Rourke. Uh, remember him? That was the uh, the Irish guy from uh, Texas with the phony Mexican nickname, Beto. That's right, Beto, mm-hmm. and. Um, Beto, uh, hell yes, I'll take your guns, Beto. That's that's yep. the guy. Um, Joe Biden has said, you know, if he were to become president, he will bring um, Beto O'Rourke into his administration to be uh, essentially his gun czar. So you could expect attempts to um, to ban or to confiscate AR-style rifles. Um, so that's another thing we can look forward to. Um, that plus probably a whole slew of um, attempted gun laws. Um, President Harris, should she uh, become president uh, at some point, um, was saying that she would take uh, action within 100 days of uh, taking office if Congress didn't act on gun control. So, you know, from on the downside, the bad side, we could look forward to that kind of stuff coming up. Um, on the plus side, though, I think uh, the good news, which actually might be a lot better than, um, than all that bad news, is that um, because of President Trump, there's a, a five-justice... Um, um, majority. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, a five justice majority in the uh, Supreme Court of justices that are constitutionalist justices that are likely to rule um, correctly according to the Constitution. So I think what that means that there's there's probably a good possibility that there will be a good Second Amendment case before the Supreme Court in the next uh, year or two or three. And the chances are pretty good that they will rule, um, you know, if it's the right case, um, maybe they'll make a, um, a ruling that finally protects the Second Amendment and our Second Amendment rights and does away with this stuff. Um, so, I mean, there's a possibility of some good things like that happening. Um, the other good thing, too, is President Trump was able to get in, what, over 300 um, judges on the federal bench uh, over his time there, which... Again, uh, hopefully they're more constitutionalist type justices or judges, and um, they'll rule hopefully more along the lines of the Constitution and the law as opposed to activist judges, which um, has been a problem. Uh, for those of us out here, the Ninth Circuit, for instance, was full of that kind of stuff, and you get a lot of, of goofy rulings. So um, there's good and bad stuff coming. I, I think the, there's a chance for the good stuff, though, to be really good, so I'm kind of optimistic that way. The other question in the... Um, they're already, by the way, they're already making noise, the Trump administration, just in case things don't go their way <laughs> going forward in the courts. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to leave a single seat uh, empty. They're they're on fast-tracking judges. Um, they're probably going to replace even some good judges 
um, who are older. Well, who are older, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, they're going to replace a 70 year old judge with a 40 year old judge. Yeah. uh, You know, just because they're 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 stacking the deck for the future. And that was a a mistake. I think President Obama made because I believe he left like 150 vacancies open when Trump came in. And part of that was probably just because of the way he is. But I think the other part of it was they were anticipating Hillary um, being elected. So, okay, no big deal. She'll fill the seats. And, um, you know, the left has been using activist judges as a strategy for a long time. I mean, all the way back to, um, to what Roosevelt, they were talking about packing the court. So, I mean, that's been a long time strategy. So the other part of the article was, okay, what can you do as a gun owner? And, and at first I was kind of, um, I was kind of in a depressed mood or something. And my first, my first, um, answer to that question is nothing. You know, you had a chance uh, a couple of weeks ago and you didn't do it. So now we have, um, a different result or different president. Um, but then I was uh, on a bike ride yesterday and, or yesterday, the day before, and uh, came up with a better answer. So, you know, what you can do, and it's something that Michael always talks about, is get involved, do something. You know, we get, as um, just citizens, you get to have an impact every two years, pretty much. You get them to influence things that go on. And, um, you know, you can start right now by getting involved and, um, learning about, you know, who's running, what they stand for and, uh, doing something. And by doing something, I don't mean just voting. I mean, getting out and doing something, getting involved, volunteering, contributing, um, even running for office on your own. And, um, I kind of used in the, uh, article as an example of, uh, Mark Robinson. And, uh, you may remember him, uh, it was after the Parkland shooting in Florida. Um, there was a video, Robinson was not an activist. He's not even a gun owner, as far as I know. And, or at least he wasn't then. And, um, he went to a city council meeting in Greensboro, Mm. North Carolina. Yeah. And, um, he spoke very passionately and very forcefully against, uh, these knee jerk, goofy anti-gun things that the, that the council was proposing. And, uh, somebody, uh, videotaped it and, uh, you know, it was all over the internet. And what just happened, uh, last week, the election on November 3rd, Mark Robinson was elected Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina. Yeah. Outstanding. That, Wasn't that cool? Power. Yeah, I mean, it that's is. power. That's what's possible out there. So, uh, you know, that's why I encourage people to get involved and do that kind of stuff, starting here at the local level. We're already looking for candidates for 2022. We're already putting that list together. So we're and all over the County. We're looking for people. There's an election in Oceanside coming up. Because uh, the uh, the new mayor uh, was a city council member, and uh, so she left an open seat, and and you know they had to redistrict and all that other stuff. It's all shaken out, um, but right now they have uh, three pro gun uh, candidate or uh, city council members. They have an anti gun mayor, um, and they're, they're they, we need a, a fifth person. So if you're in Oceanside, you know, but wherever you are in the county, we need people to run, and right now is the time. See, and that's what's really important, too, because I, I was, again, a little darker in the article, and I actually softened it before I wrote it and published it. But, you know, the the incumbents, the people that are in office, I mean, get them out. <laughs> it's just, I don't know how else to say, you know, I, I was kind of focusing on Republicans for a while because it's, it's disappointing. You know, the, the Democrats say what they stand for, and it's not what a lot of us stand for. Republicans, on the other hand, say that they stand for the country and the, the values that most of us cherish. Yet when you see them, they do nothing. And, um, you know, this whole thing with COVID lately now, we're back on, on restrictions. There's not one person on that on the, um, the board of supervisors that's standing up and saying, you know what, we're not going to do this this time. You know, people are losing businesses, they're losing jobs, they're losing houses. 
And it's, it's just not necessary. It's enough. But nobody's standing up. So get involved. Make it your goal to get these people out of office and replace them with somebody that will stand up. Excellent article. Thanks, Joe. Yes, sir. All right. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment rights. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Oh, folks, primeres.com backslash alpine. How many mortgage interest rates have dropped? Home mortgage rate interest rates have dropped. And if you're looking to buy a refi or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our mortgage guy, so you, somebody you can trust. That's Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris Wiley a call, 619-722-1303, or just go to primeres.com backslash alpine. So, Joe. What are you reviewing today? Okay, so what we have today is the dry fire mag, and uh, I know dry fire is a, uh, a subject that's dear to your heart. I know you've you've thoroughly read my articles on Absolutely. dry fire. You love dry so fire. So one of your favorites. So what we have is the dry fire magazine, and um, pull it out of here. Yeah, you might want to take it and, out of the uh, bubble wrap. Yeah, just make it work for it. So um, take a little tag off of here. Let's see. So the way this works, um, you put this into your... Um, your gun and this is a uh, design they have them now for glocks for several models of glocks uh they also have them for some of the mps and there's more models coming so right now that's what it's available for and um this will work in conjunction with the uh, the manis training system which uh which you can also download uh, online so we're up here so um what i'll show you here is uh, what this allows you to do among other things the first thing it allows you to do is um if you put this into your gun, it allows you to have a uh, continued a trigger pull without having to rack your empty gun or without having to rack the slide. So you can do dry firing. You can keep pulling the trigger, and um, that opens up a lot of different dry fire things for you. So um, put this down here for a second. I've got my uh, trusty Glock 34 here, and I've already checked this clear, but we'll check it clear again. I'll have Rich take a look at it just uh, to keep everybody happy. So, so we do have this clear. And um, you do need to rack this thing. So the first thing you do is you, you rack the, uh, the slide. And then um, what you're going to do is you're going to put the magazine in. And it resists a little bit. And then you pop it in like that. So what happens here now is if you, if you watch um, the trigger, if you can see it this way. And there's nobody over there. <laughs> um, so uh, you can see I'll pull the trigger and you can probably hear this. You'll hear it click. And the first... Um, the first pull is a, there's a lot more force there because it's it's setting the spring that's inside the dry fire mag. So it'll come back out. You'll hear the reset. So you could hear that reset. And then you can keep firing this. And um, you don't have to rack this to get your trigger to reset. And it feels, it feels pretty close to my Glock trigger. It's a little bit different. Um, you can adjust this here. So you can adjust, you can adjust the, um, the take up and the pull on here. So uh, you could actually adjust it to get it pretty close to what your trigger feels like. 
So then the next thing you have down here, uh, it's Bluetooth capable. So if you could see the bottom of this here, if I push this in until it's, let's see, there we go. So you can see the flashing green light on here. So now what I've got is the, um, the Manus software, uh, which you can download here. It's a, it's a free software thing. If I hit the connect button on here, it'll search and now it's connected. So now if you take a look at the screen here, uh, there's a, a number of different training things you can do with this for dry fire practice. And um, just a couple, I was trying out some of these different ones. Uh, there's a holster draw analysis here, which um, it's kind of hard to demonstrate here. But with the holster draw analysis, um, what you can do is draw from the holster and it will, um, it will come through and it will track um, the motion. Uh, from the holster all the way up to when you're on target and when you pull the trigger and it splits it up so you can see where the gun moves once you're on target you can see the movement as you pull the trigger to see how how steady or steadily i guess how steady you are when your trigger pull comes back and this is really a helpful thing um with the dry fire practice because one of the things with dry fire is you know i could practice my draw and i can get up there and i can go to my first shot okay i'm doing that in eight tenths of a second or something really can't tell where I'm hitting, you know, and, and what do they say? It's like, you can't, you can't, uh, shoot fast enough to lose a gunfight, I guess. So, you know, yeah, I'm drawing quickly and I'm getting up there and I'm getting the first shot off, but if I'm not hitting where I'm looking at or where I want to be hitting, um, it's really not helping me. So one of the things that you can do with this is, uh, again, that holster draw analysis, which you can see there, it's, it's kind of hard to demonstrate here. Um, but you have that kind of stuff on here that you can practice and um, it allows you to do that kind of practice dry firing so you're not burning up ammo you're not at the range doing that there's a number of other different things here um, again some other different uh, things where you'll you'll take 10 shots and um, what it'll do again you can kind of see the menu um, what you can set it up to do let's see if it'll it should probably do this here so if I want to do the uh, the 10 shot benchmark for instance so you'll see this kind of screen on here and what I can do with the gun it'll um, it's connected so when I shoot this I could shoot it 10 times so you could hear that and then what you'll see here is um, it'll give you a benchmark and it just gave me that score of uh, 79.6 is what you can see on here and um, you should be over 90, I guess they're saying. But what it does is it breaks down, and you can see the movement in blue is, um, is holding the gun straight. The yellow portion of that, if you can see that on there, is how I'm moving the gun when I pull the trigger. So ideally, those yellow, the yellow bars uh, should be smaller or should be non-existent, really, if you're not moving the gun when you pull the trigger. But these are the kinds of things you can do with this. And... Um, it really, uh, it worked pretty well. The other thing they had on here too that was interesting, um, they had cadence drills. And uh, if you could see this, they have cadence drills for two seconds, one second, and a half a second. One of the things that if you're a competitive shooter, what you're trying to do is you're trying to train so you get your cadence down so that if I was shooting, say, two shots at three different targets, um, someone who's less experienced, what you'll hear is you'll hear two shots, two shots, two shots. It's kind of obvious. Someone that's a lot more experienced and a lot better, you'll just hear six shots. You won't be able to tell the difference between, you know, you won't know how many targets necessarily they're shooting at. That's a cadence thing. You want to train yourself to shoot as quickly as you can um, 
and still be accurate. So that, that cadence is what you're working on. So this will help you do that. And um, if I hit the cadence drill, say for um, a one second cadence, which would be pretty slow, you could hear that on here. If I hit it, it's like a metronome. I'm not sure if you can hear that on there. But that's what you get. It also counts down. It counts down and it stops at the end. And then it'll tell you, um, you could see the scores on here. So it'll show you the, the, um, your, um, your times between your shots. And, uh, oh, good. That cadence was one. Like, apparently I made it. You get fireworks. Didn't see that before. Um, but um, where that is, like I know if I'm at the range and I'm practicing, if I draw and shoot and say I, I draw and do like a build draw, I draw and shoot four shots or something like that, my split times are probably anywhere from 0.18 seconds to, um, to 0.22. And um, so this is really good and kind of seeing that. When I did that on here, they came out at about 0.2. So it was pretty close to what I would do at the range. So... Um, Again, a pretty good thing here. The uh, the Mana software works really well. Uh, at least it has on mine for everything I tried. It's a free download. You put it on your phone. And um, the um, the DryFire Mag, let me just pull this out of here real quickly. So the DryFire Mag, um, like I said, works, um, does a lot of things like that. It's uh, really handy. It's uh, about $100, I think is what the cost is. It's uh, The website is dryfiremag.com. And um, it was really a helpful tool. So I think this is uh, not a bad thing at all. And like I said, so far, it's available for Glocks. Uh, like originally, I was going to use this in the Glock 19. And uh, I ended up throwing it in the 34 because I didn't want to. I carry the 19. I didn't want to unload it and do all that stuff. So I said, well, let me see if it works here in the 34. And it works fine. Um, I also tried it in my Glock 26. And it works fine there. It just sticks out a little bit. So uh, it'll work with uh, a lot of the Glock models. Um, so it's good there. They do have a version for the M&P Shield, which, um, again, I haven't tried out, but uh, it works there. And they've got a number of other ones coming out. So that's where they're at there. So anyway. Um, that's very good. Yeah. it's uh, Like I said, it was a, um, you know, it does what they say it does. And uh, the only thing I, I did notice on here, like if you look at the Bluetooth here, so, you know, I could hit this and turn it off. Um, I did not see anything about batteries or anything like that in here. Um, I did see something on the website where if you uh, if you take this bottom piece off, it voids the warranty. Um, but I didn't see anything about battery life or charging batteries or recharging this at all. The um, you know if I was uh, the one thing I might say that um, that I was maybe not crazy about is there was not a lot of information on uh, on either the website or um, that came with the um, the piece here, the magazine. Sounds like a phone call. Yeah, I mean, aside from that, it, it wasn't too hard to figure out. I'm not a, a techie guy. Um, you know, Rich could probably figure more out. But, um, you know, from what I saw, at least I got it to work. I saw how it works. Um, it may be that it recharges uh, through the bottom because there is a connector here to recharge it. And um, that's probably how it works. But, I mean, they don't say anything about that on the literature or anything. But um, Did it come with a cable? Um, it did not come with a cable. Because normally if it has a charging capability, there'll be a cable that's assigned to it. Yeah, and again, in some mention of that, and I don't believe I had a cable here. I don't want to misspeak. Let me uh, just look real quick. It does what it says it does. I like that. <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. That should be like... That should be the the number one uh, box to check when you're doing a, uh, a review. Yeah. No, you know what it does come with, though? It does come with a number of different springs, and, um, and it did come with uh, an instruction on how to adjust the tension on the trigger. So you can dial this in 
to feel pretty much uh, like the trigger. Like if we look at this, um, if I uh, just squeeze my Glock trigger like this, so, you know, it feels that way, but again, it, it you have to reset it by racking it. And that's pretty close to what it feels like um, with the, um, the dry fire mag in there. So, um, you know, the first one's real hard, but then the next one's, if I pull that, it's pretty close. That's so not too cable. far off. Was there a cable in there? Yes, sir. Okay, good. So we do have that. So they just expect you to be smart enough to know that kind of stuff, which is good. Yeah. But, well, uh, I mean, anytime you have a USB, there's got to be a cable in there. You would think, huh? But I've. And uh, it probably might be even so you can download it to your computer, all that information that's on your phone. Uh, you could do that as well. I'm, I'm <clears> guessing. But I think that's, a, I think that's for charging. But um, but anyway, it, you know, it's a, it's a nice little tool, though. And, um, you know, $99 is not a bad price for something like this. Uh, and the dry fire practice, you know, we always push that kind of stuff because there's, um, there's, there's a lot of stuff you can accomplish, you know, doing dry fire. And the thing with dry fire stuff, too, is you don't want to do it long. You know, it's 10 minutes or so right. uh, at a time. So um, anyway, a good deal here, the dry fire mag. It's dryfiremag.com is their cool. website. All right. Great, great review. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, folks, thousands of new gun buyers just found out with San Diego gun owners already new. AO Sword Firearms in El Cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county. Hundreds of new and used guns in stock and everything you could want for an AR-15. AO Sword is also a professional gunsmith with a full machine shop for cleaning, repair, upgrades, customization, and Cerakote. Check out A.O. Sword on Facebook or on AOSword.com and stop by and check out their massive gun safe uh, selection. You can't go wrong. Now, David, I heard you donated some really nice guns to SDCGO online auction. Tell us what you did. Oh, thanks. Uh, I see they're doing pretty well at auction. Uh, uh, we threw a Glock 19 in there. Everybody knows what that is. Uh, I'll tackle one that uh, we actually switched it up a little bit between when we committed and what went up on the site. Uh, we have it listed. At, uh, it's number 1005, a custom AR-15. Uh, that was going to be a $900 value gun. Uh, we actually uh, did a, what was that Emerald says, bam, you know, the, kicked it up a notch yeah. <laughs> it, what we actually delivered is, and is it's actually pictured in the the uh, auction that is a custom xm177 commando uh, clone it's a, like a car15 from the 1960s oh cool uh yeah back in 1966 the government was fighting the war with uh uh, the M16, and they realized they needed something a little more compact and maneuverable. So uh, they got the basically the shortened version of the M16, the Commando or XM177. And so that's what we delivered to the auction. And it's uh, it's worth closer to 1400 because of the integrated carry handle. Uh, it's all authentic. Uh, 
period correct uh, uh, hardware on it. It's got an integrated front sight. So we'll have to update the uh, the website with a, a little bit better description there. I, a, I appreciate it. Is that is that also is that the same? Didn't they also call it a car fifteen, or is that is that different? Car fifteen. That's correct. Same yeah. one. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Uh, and so that's getting some uh, life. I think people will like it even more once they realize what it is. Uh, we also have a signature edition uh, AO sword rifle on there. Uh, well, let me back up the custom uh, commando. That is uh, mag-locked with a juggernaut kit for California compliance. We went the, another way with the next donation, the Signature Edition rifle. Uh, that one is featureless, and the reason why is when, when people come in and ask, you know, how should I be California compliant, we said, well, if it's a, if it's a fun gun and you want to kind of have the same features that you wish you could have, and hopefully we win back in January or so in court, uh, go ahead and use a maglock uh, gun because that allows you to keep all of the cool standard features and hold on to your gun with a pistol grip, for example. But if it is meant to be a a, a defensive gun, a fighting gun, uh, then in California, your your best option in the AR-15 platform, we believe, is the uh, featureless. Uh, the reason why is with the featureless rifle, your manual of arms is all essentially the same. And most importantly, you can't get into the potentially deadly situation where you've got a double feed in the uh, behind the chamber and you are unable to clear that double feed quickly because you can't drop the magazine in order to prevent additional double feeds from coming back into the chamber when you're trying to clear that round out. Um, it's easier to demonstrate with hands and, and something in, in in front of you. But does that translate? Do you understand what I'm absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. And I you you've sold me on that idea. I believe you're absolutely right about that. So the one drawback then of the featureless uh, configuration is well, dang it, uh, it's 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 unsafe. It's hard to hold on to your rifle with a grip thin. So we've uh, mitigated that as best we can by providing the uh, Strike Industries Mega Thin. Now, this actually has a thumb shelf on the right-hand side of the thin grip. So instead of just having this boxing glove slick, uh, you know, lack of a grip on your gun, that thumb grip shelf, excuse me, allows you to actually clamp down with your thumb and have a positive lock and control on your firearm with your uh, with your trigger uh, trigger hand so uh, uh we really believe in that uh that's the one that's in the auction right now uh let me tell you a little bit about that piece it's called our signature edition because that's the one that we we put our name on it we like it to uh, be a good one uh good enough for government work but, and better uh it's got a chromoly vanadium 41v50 nitride treated barrel that's uh pretty pretty tough stuff. Uh, nitride is so hard that it takes diamond cutters to, to go through it. If they're mischambered, we can't fix them because our uh, chamber reamers can't cut nitride-treated steel. Uh, one in seven military twist weight, that's going to be great for your M193s, your green tip 855s, all the way up to your SOCOM ammo in the 65 or even 75 grain weights. Uh, uh, if you're looking to thump some stuff, uh, <laughs> far better than mil spec. Go ahead. No, I was just like thump some stuff. I think that's a, that's the uh, military technical term. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
is a lightweight free float M-lock handguard. Uh, we do believe in the M-lock system. Key mod is just kind of going the way of the dinosaur. It's, it's not quite as strong, although it, they were 50-50 for about a decade there. Got a Magpul MOE stock on a mil-spec buffer assembly. Ultralight magnesium alloy receiver. We, uh, we really like these. We haven't had a single uh, return in uh, over 5,000 of these uh, magnesium alloy receivers. Uh, they do weigh about half as much as a standard receiver, but are just as strong. Uh, they're reinforced in uh, key areas. And uh, when you're humping around a rifle, uh, ounces are pounds, and pounds is life and death. Um, so uh, uh, ambidextrous safety selector uh, to get around that uh, grip and uh, also not pictured in the uh, illustration of the uh, auction, but included are a one to four power, uh, low power, low power variable optic that we talked about a few months back and the cantilever mount. So that's a, that's a really nice rifle. Very good. Yeah, it is. That's rifle. awesome. That's outstanding. The uh, next piece is a, a, a Benelli pattern uh, tactical shotgun. It's made by Gerson, imported by EAA, uh, technically an MC312 tactical semi-automatic shotgun. 18 and a half inches, 12 gauge. Uh, it accepts all Benelli hardware, Benelli Beretta, Mobile's Classic chokes, three inch magnum chamber, takes uh, five rounds in the tube and one up. It has a breaching brake. Um, I, I have a few of these actually, these are our, our shop defense shotguns. They're loaded in the back of the shop. Uh, I like them so much. They're very smooth. Uh, one way I improved upon the design is I, I've made custom ghost ring sights. The, it's got a front fiber optic sight, nice, uh, high visibility, but in the back, instead of, uh, just using a bead sight, I actually, made a custom uh, ghost ring. So uh, when you raise it up uh, to get your sight picture, uh, that ghost ring just sort of pops right up into your field of view and it, you have instantaneous sight acquisition. It, it's the, you kind of have to see it to believe it if you haven't dealt with ghost rings before. Kind of, it almost sounds uh, like the older, uh, the, um, uh, the, H, the H&K, um, you know what I'm talking about? Or, or maybe I'm, maybe I'm not, Describing it right, the no, sure on on the uh, the uh, uh, HK military rifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they, it kind of sounds 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 kind of similar to that. Is that is that? It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and so, then lastly, uh, so talk about before you go uh, before you uh, yeah. go to the next one. Uh, the I described so it's a Benelli pattern. So that means it wasn't. Right. Uh, it's it's made by another company, but it's it's a it's the Benelli uh, design. Um, and the way I describe that to people is it's kind of like the the way Springfield makes 1911s. You know, 1911s were originally made by Colt, but Springfield makes outstanding 1911s using you know that same design. Is that is that an accurate uh, description? Absolutely. So it's inertial-driven uh, uh, shotgun uh, using Benelli's original design. Uh, the Benelli M2, great gun, but it's it's been around for many decades, and uh, eventually their patent ran out. And so, with as with all uh, great designs in firearms, uh, now that it, they do not have that patent to that excellent uh, inertial design anymore. Uh, several companies have 
rather than reinventing the wheel, they're using imitation as the sincerest form of flattery. They're using that now free market design in uh, third-party guns. Uh, it is it is the same. It accepts Benelli, like I said, ben- accepts Benelli hardware. There's even some Benelli M2 parts that can go in that gun. Uh, there's just three main operating components to the gun, which is one of the reasons why the M2 was so successful in military service. There's just not much to break. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. And then lastly, we put a, a custom uh, uh, flashlight and green laser set up on a uh, now integral uh, handguard rail. Oh, cool. So you can shoot what you need to shoot in the dark. All right. Hey, Dave, we got a question. Uh, yeah. from, from a gentleman by the name of Moose. Actually, I'm not sure we have enough time. <laughs> we're not, we were going to, you know what, let's do this next week. You want to do it next week? Okay. Yeah. Moose wants to know, and we, what we were going to talk about is uh, the process <laughs> California makes you go through for uh, uh, basically making your own gun, which is, uh, uh, because, yeah, yeah, is right. The, the short the short answer is don't do it. It's not even worth <laughs> it anymore. You have to, it's, it's all got to be registered. Uh, yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're the, the whole point of an 80 percenter was to legally have a gun that the government didn't have to know about and for that to be legal. There's no way to legally do that in, in California anymore. So whatever you're going to do, I can't advocate illegal stuff. But uh, if, you're, if you're looking for a gun that they don't know about, you, you can't do it anymore. There's no way unless you already owned it before registration. And, and you know, and, by- and you just described, you know, a number of firearms. I, I mean, you know, you got David Chong right there in, in El Cajon. The guy knows what he's doing. I mean, making a gun's kind of fun, but at the end of the day, you know, you need this thing to work. You need it to work every single time. Uh, you know, David, you could make a, a, a gun from the ground up any way, uh, you know, any custom way you, you want to make it. So if the option to not register it is off the table, uh, you know, there's no advantage really to making a gun anymore. And I know a lot of people are probably throwing things at their radio right now and, you know, because they like doing it. And if it's your hobby and whatever, to go through the steps and do it. But if you're thinking about doing it uh, and you've never done it before and, you're, and you know you, you have to register it now, um, so if that's your only reason for making a gun, go to a professional. Go to yeah. David Chong. You, you just heard him describe a, a number of firearms that he donated generously to San Diego County Gun Owners. He can make all those for you as well if you don't win the auction. So go through guys like David Chong. He knows what he's doing. He's an expert. He's fantastic to work with. And if you do make your own gun, find somebody else to shoot it first. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm serious, because I had a guy ask me that. I met him out there. He goes, "Hey man," he says, "My buddy and I, we just made this rifle. You want to fire it?" Nope. No, I don't oh want to fire it. Get away from me! All right, buddy. He didn't love you very much. No, he didn't hey, love me very uh, much. Uh, yeah, all of that stuff. All of the choices are there to see, touch, taste, whatever. Maybe don't taste them, but huh. uh, we have all of the options in stock in front of you at Deo Sword Firearms. And this, lastly, don't forget about my training. That's probably the most valuable thing I donated to the auction. Oh, uh, yeah. All of the options are up there on the website in the auction website. I'm really looking forward to treating uh, a party of up to four to a full day of training at whatever level they're uh, they're at. And also, if they choose. Somebody can uh, have me come to their location and do a site hardening and defensive preparedness analysis, and uh, that's what I used to do professionally and for the military. Cool. Uh, be happy. There's lots of options on the website. All right, buddy, you're the best, David Chong, our expert, right here on FM ninety six one, AM eleven seventy. The answer. Bust it. <laughs> 
right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1. AIM 1170. The answer. <clears throat> well, this segment is sponsored by John Dillon. can be. Yeah, it is. John Dillon and the Donald Dillon Law Group. If you have legal matters that involve involve firearms that you need to call Attorney John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant, call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150. Or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. This is, I think we just found Sam's new uh, theme song, Sam the Gunman, Young MC, Bust a Move. I think that's perfect for him. I don't know why I we agree. didn't. Yeah. Why didn't we think of that beforehand? I have no idea. <laughs> what I do you like think? it. It's a little bit my time, but I like it. Yeah. yeah. I'm so happy I didn't know that song or the name. You no, didn't know that I song? I really good. Sticking no. the mud over there. I even knew that song, and I'm not the music guru like Mikey. Yeah. All right. Here we go. All right, Sam, you ready? Before we got yeah, inter- interrupted by Grumpy Stiltskin over there. <laughs> By the way, Stan, Sam blew the girls away last week. Yeah? Just blew them away. Did you? Did they stump you? No. Never. But he blew them away. They were just flabbergasted, especially Karen. I, you know, I had, uh, uh, I had. He, he's just amazing. I, we got to, uh, we got to start taking live callers. I think for this segment because, uh, oh, put some stress on him. There you go. Right. Well, just, just to show, I, I, you know, it's just you're too good, Sam. You, you, people just are, are like, you know, d- d- does he get the question beforehand? <laughs> no, he doesn't get the question beforehand. We, you have no idea what question we're about to ask you, do you? No, it could be something about um, flintlock muskets, or it could be something about uh, I don't know something released at, or something announced at Shot Show 2020. <laughs> nope, none of those, none of those. So Sam, my nephew, is 21 years old, and he knows all kinds of stuff about guns. Uh, we found out he's a little prodigy a couple years ago, and we now have him on once a week, and we try to stump my nephew. Um, and, uh, as people have found out, it's extremely difficult. Uh, every once in a while, somebody gets one, uh, and, and they stump you, but I don't know what your, your records, you're well over 90%. So this one comes from Ruth in San Diego. Ruth in San Diego wants to know what's the difference. And this is a pretty wide open question. There's a lot of things you can say here. Um, or you can just kind of give a description, but, but here's the question. What's the difference between the 50 BMG and the 510 DTC Europe. Thanks very much for the question. That was uh, Ruth from San Diego, I believe. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Now, um, 50 BMG, for those of you who don't know, also known as 12.7 by 99, um, is the uh, the cartridge used by the M2 machine gun, among others. Um, it was designed initially for anti-tank use in uh, late in World War One, but it, it didn't see service during the war, um, and it has been used in heavy machine guns in every major conflict since then, pretty much, um, as well as anti-materiel rifles. Um, now, in some jurisdictions, like in Europe and I believe parts of California, or maybe the entire state, but don't quote me on that because I don't live there, um, 50 BMG uh, and specifically rifles chambered in 50 BMG are actually banned by name. And so the manufacturers got around that by taking the 50 BMG case and uh, slightly altering it 
um, so that it would be, you know, almost the same thing and able to be chambered um, in firearms designed for 50 BMG with relatively minor modification um, without actually being 50 BMG and thus banned. So uh, 510 DTC is an example of that. That's exactly right. It is the has the exact same ballistics. Um, it's almost identical to a 50 BMG, um, but it's different enough and has a different name to where it gets around most, uh, you know, most of those laws that specifically ban the 50 BMG. In particular, um, this was designed by Eric Danis, who is uh, a Frenchman, um, and they had their uh, BMG Regulation Act of 2004. So the French. Uh, uh, designed the 510 DTC Europe. It's slightly fatter, straighter, steeper, and shorter than the BMG. Um, it won't shoot, a 50 BMG won't shoot in something chambered for 510, and a 510 won't shoot in something chambered for 50 BMG, thus making it legal without giving up the ballistics. And yet another example of how ridiculous gun laws are and how uh, ignorant uh, legislators are when they make these ridiculous gun laws. Excellent well, job. Go. We always get people in the, uh, in, in the shop, customers who don't really know a whole lot about firearms, and um, they, they often ask uninformed questions about gun laws based on their own assumptions that they picked up God knows where. And when we explain to them the actual firearm laws in the United States in general and in Virginia specifically, um, they often get pretty confused. And I kind of can't blame them because, as I always say, the people writing the gun laws don't understand firearms, don't want to. And um, they, you know, they, they just write these laws based on what they feel. So I got one. I got it. Let's see if we can stump you here. Um, this is a uh, it was given to us by uh, Michael Schwartz from Santee. What is the relationship between uh, 50 BMG and the saying, the whole nine yards? Thank you very much for the question. Michael <laughs> from Santee was that? Yes. Um, the whole nine yards is an expression that comes from the Second World War, where um, the machine gun belts of belted 50 BMG um, that were fed into aircraft for use in aircraft machine guns were nine yards long. There you go. So if you give somebody the whole nine yards... You're sending every every. Did you know that, Joe? Before that, yeah, right. No, uh, no, I didn't know. You that. didn't know that. You <laughs> I know who taught the movie? So you know who taught me that, Sam? Who? Your grandfather. I believe it. Yep. What did he fly? Um, he flew P-40s, and uh, mostly when he was operational, he he flew P-51Ds in the Pacific. Yes, he did, and he had uh, he he carried nine yards of 50 BMG on him, and he he's the one that taught me that when I was about your age, actually. So I'll bet he tried his damnedest to expend every uh, every inch of that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he did. Sure, he did. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, awesome, your, uh, Sam. Your sister, by the way, is, is over here gesticulating wildly and mouthing, I knew that, I knew that, to me. Oh. <laughs> well, she probably she probably found out the same way I did. So from, he taught all the kids, apparently. Yeah. yeah. From your grandfather. No, it might have been, been through work. Oh, really? Probably was. Yeah, well, editing, excellent job, uh, Sam. History articles. As always, excellent job. Appreciate it. I can't believe it. Uh, anybody out there that, that doubts this this guy... Uh, by all means, write us and uh, send us your question. 
Um, and uh, we really got to figure something out, like a call in or something. something. Or somebody write in a question and don't give us the answer, maybe. And then we'll we call in and we'll have you on the phone. Anybody that that, that is in doubt, um, you know, uh, but I, I got a question. I was walking around a gun show about a year ago and I got a question about uh, an old revolver uh, from a guy who wrote a book about it. Asked Sam and he got it right. So this is from an expert who was like, oh, I'll, 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 stump, stump, I'll stump your nephew and didn't. So anybody in doubt, uh, it's truly, truly amazing. Write us. Uh, what's, what's our email address? Gunownersradio.com. Yep. Go to gunownersradio.com. Email us and uh, we'll figure it out. If you're skeptical, just give us the question. Keep the answer. We'll get you on the air and, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to do to prove it. But this young man is truly amazing. All right. Must Thanks be a lot, Sam. Have a great one. Thanks for having me on, as always, and you guys have a good night. You too. Hey, folks, if you're listening on Facebook, YouTube, or our podcast, make sure you smash the like, like, subscription button, and share the show with your friends. Please support our great sponsors, Firearms Legal Protection, at firearmslegal.com, San Diego County Gun Owners at sdcgo.org, U.S. Law Shield at uslawshield.com, Cali Key at calikey.com, PRMI Mortgage at prmeres.com, backslash alpine the dylan law group at dylanlawgp.com ao sword at firearms store at aosword.com and firearms policy coalition and firearms policy thanks to michael schwartz joe jermisi sam the gunman and our digital master brendan thomas and rich who's running the camera go to gunownersradio.com for podcasts latest information don't touch that dial bob siegel is in the house on fm 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Gun Owners Radio, fighting to preserve and restore your Second Amendment right. Learn more about Gun Owners Radio and how to become a guest or sponsor by visiting gunownersradio.com. Join Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz every week at this same time as they talk guns and Second Amendment rights. Have fun while staying informed and getting involved. This has been Gun Owners Radio on The Answer San Diego. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.